Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. NewKings.com. We've got Thursday night football action right here on 950 KJR. It's a doozy. Davis Mills. And the Houston Texans, that's right, Davis Mills from Stanford taking on the Carolina Panthers, who are trying to go 3-0 for the first time in six years. Former Husky Kelsey Plum has been named sixth woman of the year and comeback player of the year in the WNBA by the AP. Former Rainier Beach four-star recruit Marjan Beauchamp has joined the NBA's G League Ignite roster. Instead of signing with a university, he had been linked to Mike Hopkins and the University of Washington. Jets quarterback Zach Wilson reportedly has been dealing with a groin injury since week one. He threw four picks in the Jets' loss last week. He is expected to play this week. Brett Hundley took a majority of the starters' reps for the Colts at practice. The team is preparing to have both Hundley and Jacob Eason play Sunday against the Titans as Carson Wentz recovers from not one but two sprained ankles. Browns will have Odell back in week three, barring a setback in his recovery from a knee injury. And the Sounders, they were ahead. They were up, but it's, it was one nothing. But it's the hope that kills you, Dick. But it's the hope that kills you. They lose 3 nothing to Club Leon in Vegas in the final of the League's Cup. Last night, Sounders resume MRLS play this weekend against Kansas City. And now, two goofy, wacko, out-of-touch homers. Just brutal radio. Just horrible. Live. 41 yards. From Elliott Bay. Can you feel it now? Hey, Seattle. This is Softy and Dick. Softy and Dick without the soft one today on a beautiful Thursday. So you can put two and two together on that one. Rick Neuheisel will join us in six minutes at 310 to break down everything college football and a big college football weekend. Two big games uh, featuring a pair of top 25 teams, including one on CBS that he'll be breaking down in the CBS studios this weekend. Morgan Geeky, center for your Seattle Kraken at 345 on the first day of practice. How about that training camp for... I never know what it's called for each one of these sports. It's different, right? It's spring training for one sport. It's training camp for another sport. It's practice for another sport. It's, it, it's you know, they're all over the place. I think it's training camp, right? I think, yeah. For the Kraken, like it is for the Seahawks. Mike Benton will explain it all to us. The uh, He is the pre-intermission and post-game host of the Seattle Kraken at 4.30 today. A little who's your bud at 5.18. But first and foremost, we have to talk to Jackson Feltz before we get Rick Neuheisel on. Do we have to? Stefan Fry said something after the match that bothered me. Okay. It bothered me. I read it in the newspaper today. Yes, my my hard copy (laughs) of the Seattle Times that I still read and drink my coffee like a 75-year-old. So you're the person. I am the one. I am the one. Stefan Fry said that Mexican teams are more hungry than MLS teams. And that concerns me a little bit. He says there was just a hunger there that we're not accustomed to seeing. And I was like, well, why? Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so so that needs to be explained really first off, and I think he's specifically talking about the style in which they play, because Steph joined me for the half hour on Saunders Weekly, and we talked about that, and I think he used the same word, and he used it in the context of they are far more hungry to score than MLS teams are. The MLS teams typically sit back, they're way more defensive, uh, they're much you. happier to, to just go so on the road. he means aggressive. I think, that's, I think that's what he's talking about there. I gotcha. Because so he's used that word a couple times Okay, now. okay, because hungry, like that... Kind of tells me like they're trying harder, you know. That would, you know, when you read when you read hunger, yeah, you know, trying to win more than the other teams. And I thought that was that was odd. Was the game? I got to be honest. I was watching the Mariners game last night. Mm -hmm. Was the match called differently than a normal MLS game because there was three yellows in the first half, which is something you don't normally see for Seattle. And four total. It was a little bit. I shouldn't even say a little bit. It was very, very questionable because the referee was far more harsh on Seattle's side than they were on uh, Club Leon's side. And the ref was from where? Uh I'm not Is he 100% an MLS sure. Of, MLS official? I don't believe. Well, or a league official. It's a it kind of doesn't matter to this point because because whoever the person was, he clearly was calling the match a little more harshly for mm. Seattle. When physical contact was made, Seattle always got the short end of the stick and they always got the foul and they always got the card. And that was very frustrating. I'm not saying it decided the match. It definitely didn't because despite all of that, that took place more in the first 60 minutes than at any point. Right. Despite all of that, Seattle was clearly the better team for the first two-thirds of that game. They led one nothing. Mm. So despite all of that, they were the better team. It, it just came down to three changes, triple substitution for Club Leon in about the 59th minute. They score two minutes afterwards, and they take full control. Were they try, were they saving anything for Sunday, or did did, did no? Smith they went for it. All they out. went for it. Which, which potentially could hurt them on Sunday. In Completely. Against Sporting Kansas City, which is the number one team in the Western Oof. Conference right now. It immensely hurts the Sounders in terms of going for it for Sunday, but I would much rather them have gone for it yeah. than not go for it because it's a trophy and it should have been in our hands. I'm sorry, Jackson. It hurts. Have you recovered? I, uh, not completely. No. All right. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, there. I have a morale issue, Dick. I have, a, <laughs> I have, I certainly have a morale issue personally. Well, I think it'll be interesting for us to, when we talk to Brian Schmetzer next week. I know <laughs> we'll ask him that uh, the officiating question because maybe since it's not, if it wasn't an MLS crew, we'll kind of maybe he will be more willing to kind of open up and be critical of officiating crew that he's never going to see again or isn't going to see for a long, long time versus an officiating crew that he could potentially see down the road. Rick Neuheisel is going to join us in just a couple of minutes. We're obviously going to talk Husky football a lot with Rick today. Um, the Cal Bears have been a bugaboo. The last three matchups, well, 2020 was canceled. They were supposed to play, but it was one of the games that was canceled. 20-19 to 19 was the bizarre lightning game that yes I sat through the entire time and did not get home until three o'clock in the morning because I was hosting the husky boat which means I need to ride home on the husky boat which means I need to drive home after riding home on the husky boat it was three o'clock in the morning when I got home from that one that was a 20 to 19 loss in 2019 and then in 2018 a 12 to 10 loss. So the Huskies in the last two matchups against the Cal Bears have scored a total of 29 points. This, I am told, is a different Cal defense than the ones that the Huskies have faced in the last couple of years. But for more on that, let's talk to our man.
Your home for college football Saturdays is live with CBS Sports Analyst Rick Neuheisel. Powered by Taco Time. Hungry? At Taco Time, it's easy to create exactly what you're craving. And we wouldn't have it any other way. How do you Taco Time? Customize your meal and order ahead on the Taco Time Northwest app. Taco Time. Time for something different. Now with Rick Neuheisel, here's Softy and Dick. Oh, the coach is with us here on 950 KJR, brought to you by Taco Time. How you doing, coach? I am well. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I've got a little bit of trepidation going into this game against Cal, something that I would not normally have because for not just years, but decades, the Huskies never lost to the Cal Bears. I mean, it was like a, it was like a 25-year run where you could just chalk that up as a W, but the last couple of years have been different, obviously canceled last year. But then, as I was mentioning, as we were getting you on, 20-19 in 2019, 12-10 to in 2018, they've kind of been a bugaboo. So uh, what do you make of this matchup that uh, starts the Pac-12 season off for the Dogs? Well, it, it's going to be a spirited game. There's no question uh, – Justin Wilcox, uh, the head coach for Cal, has been a great defensive guy. Although, as you look at Cal's defensive numbers this year, they're not where they're used to be, Mm -hmm. uh, where where I think we as college football fans expect them to be. So I think uh, the fact that there was an offensive explosion last week for the uh, Dogs and uh, uh, maybe not quite up to par, up to uh, Wilcox's uh, standard defense coming in, I think uh, I like the trend of the Husky offense having a nice week. And how much can you glean out of what they did last week? I mean, 52-3. to three, I mean, whether you watch the, the, the game or not, I don't expect you to watch a 52-3 to three game for four quarters against Arkansas State. But they did have everything clicking in all three phases of the game. They got a big special teams play. They got a big defensive touchdown. Dylan Morris in the passing game was working from the get-go. So everything worked, and yet, you know, a lot of Husky fans, and rightfully so, are saying it was Arkansas State. So what can you glean from uh, the the fix that we saw in John Donovan's offense and in the team in general last week? Well, listen, if we're going to – spend our time worrying about an offense when it struggles we certainly then need to laud it when it has a great week and it had a great week and the difference was there was some big plays in the passing game you know you you have to have and and I know the Huskies started without a lot of their receivers uh, fully healthy when the season began you have to if you don't have a quarterback run game a a scripted quarterback run game then the only way to combat defenses that are ganging up on your runners to make big plays in the throw game, where you don't have to go 10 and 11 plays. And if those are not available to you because either personnel or scheme or what have you, then it can be a long afternoon and you throw some turnovers in there, it becomes impossible. So there are a couple things that have to happen. The Huskies have to play clean. They weren't as good as they were. Dylan Morris still had two picks last week and those big plays in the throw game continue to have to come off play action, meaning that there's a a competent run game. And then you have to have just some special athletes making plays. And clearly, uh, young Mr. McMillan, Jalen McMillan, uh, was a difference maker for the dogs. He looks like uh, he, to me, looks like he has already separated himself as the best wide receiver on that team. I just watched, I mean, I just started staring at him last week, coach. I started just watching his routes, watching how the ball just kind of disappeared in his hands because it seems like the other pass catchers on that team, you know, save Kate Otten, 
the other guys are they kind of fight the football it seems like you kind of hold your breath whenever you see a ball come into their hands because you're not sure whether it's going to be secured and I just felt so relieved every time the ball went to Jalen McMillan because I know it was going to hold and that's exactly what you need uh I, I go back to my time coaching there with the Huskies when we were struggling throwing the ball it was because we couldn't force defenses into a gang up line of scrimmage type of front uh, to give some air to the to our receivers down the field. And all of a sudden, we got a run game because Marcus and, and Pat Conniff had run the beer at uh, Woodenville High School, and we got ourselves going and created it. Well, Jalen McMillan can create it because now he's going to attract a lot of attention, which is going to create air elsewhere for some of those guys as they gain confidence, and Dylan Morris uh, continues to gain confidence. And that's how you all of a sudden breathe some life into an offense that was more about. It it would not have been an outlandish comment three weeks ago, prior to the Montana game, to say that Washington can win the Pac-12. I don't think it would have been an outlandish comment for anybody to make that. Not that they would necessarily have been the favorite, but they can win the conference. Do you believe it's an outlandish comment to make today that Washington can still win the conference? I think... Uh... I don't think that's where Jimmy Lake needs to focus. And obviously you didn't ask what Jimmy Lake would say. Sure. But if you, have, if you have a couple of more offensive performances that show rhythm, that show one play leading to another, leading to another, plays setting up other plays, and guys like McMillan bursting onto the scene and becoming focal points, and you can see their confidence continue to grow, and a running game, all of a sudden starts to take hold as an offensive line starts to gel together, then you can obviously make that that statement. Right now you're fighting for your life and you're fighting to beat the Cal Bears yep. so that you can continue along that progress. Rick Neuheisel joining us, presented by Taco Time, each and every week at 310 on Thursday. Who is the second-best team in the Pac-12? I mean, when it's all said and done, who do you think emerges as that legitimate top 15, 20-ish type team, if there even is one in this conference behind Oregon? Well, the way Dorian Thompson-Robinson played in the second half against Fresno State, now remember, in that game, they only had 15 plays in the first half because they were just going to bloody their knuckles come hell or high water to run the ball. And they just couldn't stay on the field because uh, Fresno State had made up their minds they were going to die stopping the run. Uh, having looked at both the Hawaii and LSU films. But in the second half, they started whipping it around the yard, and DTR finally looked like a guy that deserves some of the the accolades that he's been getting just because of the experience. I'm anxious to watch the UCLA-Stanford game. If UCLA returns to form like they looked against LSU, I would answer the Bruins. But uh, you never can count out the talent at USC, given the fact that – Jackson Dart all of a sudden started whipping around. I Watching that with my own eyes, I thought that was more uh, a, just a poor performance by the Washington State secondary. But I, you never count out the Trojans. But right now, based on that LSU win, and I know it's been a few weeks ago and you can't count on it, I think UCLA is still a formidable team. You mentioned Fresno State there, and I got a smile on my face because every time Fresno State's mentioned, I think of the quarterback competition between <laughs> Jake Hayner and Jacob Eason. I just, I just think, I mean, what do you make of what that kid is doing right now? 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, it was a remarkable performance. I stayed up. Uh, I'm on the East Coast, and I stayed up for all of it, you know, <laughs> obviously with my son still there at UCLA. So, I mean, Hayner was off the charts. He threw for 455. Uh, he responded every time. He put balls on the money when they had to be put on the money. He's a gamer. He's, he's uh, uh, a lot like, uh, you know, players that we all remember and revere that maybe didn't have great NFL careers, but, uh, but, but certainly were absolutely gutty college players. Why is the gap closing between the, the group of five teams and the, and the power five teams, particularly like the bottom half of the power five conference teams or, or is it closing? Am I just imagining that? No, you're right. You're right. Well, we, you still have to remember those, uh, the chip on the shoulder uh, effect, right? Th- mm-hmm. Those kids that are in the group of five programs keep getting reminded there in the group of five programs. And when they have chances to come and play in venues that, you know, say power and say uh, elite and right. say big time, they want to show, show themselves. This is the fourth straight time Fresno's beaten UCLA. Four straight times. I, I made the point That's on amazing. my radio program this week. I said, stop scheduling. You've, they've <laughs> made the point. What are you doing? And, and, and if, any, if UCLA had won any of those, the Bruins get very little for their efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that's happened, obviously, with the Pac-12 not participating in the college football playoff, many of the top recruits have left town, have left the footprint. Uh, I mean, you had there was a great defensive lineman that left Seattle to go to Ohio State here in this last, uh, yep. in this last summer. So th- they're leaving for chances to play in the playoff, which is why – the college football playoff has to expand. I know we put that on hold based on some uh, re-gerrymandering of uh, the college football conferences, realignment and such, but uh, we need that college football playoff to expand so kids that live in our footprint, the Pac-12 footprint, can stay home and know that they can still get there. Coach Neuheisel joining us here on 950 KJR. Hey, one of only two games this week featuring a pair of ranked teams you've got on your network, CBS. How for real is 7th-ranked Texas A&M? How for real is 16th-ranked Arkansas? Well, Arkansas, uh, Dick, put a beatdown on Texas. Yep. I mean, that, that was not an accident. They ran for 335 yards and had about 15 different running backs do it. I mean, it was, it was a siege. Uh, can you imagine what it would mean for Arkansas recruiting? And the reason they play this game in Arlington is for Texas recruiting. What it would mean to the Razorback recruiting efforts if they could knock off both Texas yeah. and Texas A&M. And it's not a long shot that they can do it. They're running for like 280 yards a game. Texas A&M is the top scoring defense in the country based on who they played. Uh, but they're giving up a little over four yards a carry. So if uh, Sam Pittman and his uh, mentality as an old offensive line coach can push the Aggies around a little bit. Uh, and they're, and remember, the Aggies lost their, their star quarterback, Haynes King, so they're playing with their backup, Zach Calzada. That game can be much closer than I think a lot of people think. 
All right, it's time for your taco time pick of the week. I'm going with the number two. That's a crisp, crisp beef burrito, tater fries, a diet cherry Coke. And, uh, Rick, we slipped up last week. I was with you. I thought Oklahoma-Nebraska was going to be one-sided, and it was anything but. So uh, we're 2-1 and one so far in your taco time pick of the week. What is your pick this week? The dang uh, Sooners went right down the field on the opening drive, and I'm, I, I just <laughs> patted myself on the back a little early on that one. But uh, – <laughs> I am going to go to a familiar name for uh, those in the Pacific Northwest. We're going to go down to Mike Leach country. We're going to Starkville, where they bang cowbells incessantly. LSU travels there. We all remember K.J. Costello uh, showing up in Baton Rouge a year ago and throwing for over 600 yards, and it looked like the pirate of the Palouse was just the magic man. Well, things turned a little south uh, since that point. They have that number, I think, at 57, the over-under in that game. I'm going to tell you that LSU and Mississippi State are going to play a field position game. The total will be under that. Okay. We're going under in that that, uh, rivalry between Mississippi State and LSU. Taking the under Mississippi State and LSU. Rick, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great broadcast this weekend. Thanks, Dick. Good talking to you. Say uh, get well to Softy. Will do. Will do. He's doing well. Coach Neuheisel here on 950 KJR. All right, when we come back, fact or fiction, can I stay perfect for the season? 4-0 thus far. Do we roll with who's hot or do you kind of stay away? You'll get my pick coming up next on 950 KJR. Want to listen to Seattle's best sports talk at home? Say, Alexa, play 950 KJR on iHeartRadio. Powered by KJR and free on the iHeartRadio app. I got a little WWJD question, and I'm not talking about one of those bracelets that we used to wear 15, 20 years ago. What would Jason Day do? What would Jackson do? Oh, oh. I need your advice. It was WWJDDD. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would Jackson okay, do? I was okay. I was presented with a situation that I just couldn't figure out what was the most appropriate way to handle it this weekend. Okay. All right. So I go to the Seahawks game and sat in the same seats since the beginning of this stadium. And I've always had the exact same people in front of me, the exact same people behind okay. me. But The two seats to my right always are different people. Like, never never once have I seen somebody that I've seen before in those seats. Okay, so it's not a season ticket holder. So, Or I think it is a season ticket holder that just flips his, like, that never goes to the game. Or maybe goes to one game, and I don't, but I'd never seen him before. So, I get there, and, you know, it's the first pack game. I went to the two for some reason. I went to the two preseason games. Lots of empty seats. This one? Packed, my first kind of packed environment during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm vaccinated. I'm cool. But I'm there with my son. Right. My son is five months shy of his 12th birthday, so he's kind of SOL right now, right? When it comes to when it comes to vaccinations. So my son sits to my left. I sit on the end, and there's these two people that come in to my right. One of them's got a beer. Guy, guy, and a guy and his wife. I'm assuming in their mid 60s, right? Okay. Big dude, beard, hat, you know, <laughs> beer, right? And his and his wife. And he's got no mask on at all. She's got the mask around her neck, but she's holding a she's holding a truly, right? Okay. So they both sit down. I'm like, all right, well, 
whatever. I mean, she's drinking. I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna be that guy at the beginning of the game, right? right Nothing's right, even right. happened, right? So I don't want to be that guy. I don't want them to just like be pissed at me the whole game. So I sit there, and she proceeds to cough like oh. once or twice every five to ten minutes during the first half of the game. Okay. And yeah. it's like, it it was so hard for me because it wasn't so much that it was just like obvious that I had to just go, can you stick a mask on, please? But it wasn't so infrequent that I could ignore it. So it was like right there in that. So the question is, do you say something? Do I say something or not? And at the point I was going to say something, it was like late in the second quarter, she had went through another one of her, you know, pack of camels a day since the 70s fits, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I looked over and I was literally at that moment going to say something. And she had her mask on. But that was okay. the only time I see her with her mask on, right? Okay. So I didn't say anything. And then all second half long, she got another beer at halftime. And all second half long, same thing happened with the mask around her chin. What would Jackson have done in that situation? Okay, obviously, this is a complicated scenario and we literally have to get to fact or fiction right now. So I would just say this. And this is the really tough part about right now being at that stadium. And you are making a conscious decision when you decide to go to Lumen Field right now, knowing that this is the reality. Yep. That because there are not enough ushers and because there are not enough security people to check over the 68, 69,000 people that are in yes. the crowd. No the re- one checked in our yeah, section right, the whole right. game. That's the reality. So therefore, you have to make the conscious decision when you go to Lumen Field this year, and everybody has to make the decision for themselves. Am I comfortable being around, being next to somebody who isn't wearing a mask? Because that's just going to be the reality this year. And if you're cool with that, you're cool with that. If you aren't, like, I'm I'm not going to go to a Seattle game this year because of that exact reason. And I know that there are going to be people just like that, and that is not going (laughs) to keep me comfortable. (laughs) I mean, it was a a very uncomfortable game. I got to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, here we are, six years, five days hence and uh, nothing's happened to me yet so knock, knock, on, wood. knock on wood yeah. all right it's fact or fiction time is it not it's time for fact or fiction powered by the emerald queen casino the entertainment capital of the northwest <laughs> jackson what's your record in fact or fiction that would be two and oh dick what's my record in fact or fiction that would be four and oh dick so, wait no five Five and zero, oh. and and what's Softy's record in facts or fiction? Uh, that would be one and two. And why is he doing three a week, and I'm doing two a week, and you're doing one a week? Well, thankfully, Softy's only doing two a week right now, uh, but he's clearly keeping us down. I mean, my goodness, man, let's go. You're right now because if, because you're in it, he's only doing two a week, right. which is actually saving us. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> that welcome. we decided to let you be a part of fact or fiction. <laughs> Today is not your day, however. Today is Dick Day. Keep it going. We got to keep this thing rolling. And you know how much I love taking teams that everybody is crapping on. And I love betting against teams that everybody is just lauding and thinking they are the they are the greatest thing since sliced bread and I have a game where both of these teams are featured like that. Okay. The Miami Dolphins just got obliterated. Last week, 35 to nothing. Without their quarterback. They lost their starting quarterback. But let me ask you this. The quarterback that is now hurt has a career passer rating of 85 and a 40 career QBR. The quarterback that's coming in, Jacoby Brissett, 
has a career passer rating of 83 and a 50 QBR. They're basically the same dude. Well, yes and no. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa is in you know is just going up in his career, or Jacoby Brissett's going down in his career. Do we know Tua's going up in his career? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a rookie. You know, he, right. he's, he's just progressing slowly. Okay. I just don't know if he's any good. And I've gotten two and a half extra points on the line because with Tua as the quarterback, it was a one and a half point spread, which they say means the Dolphins are a better team. I get four now. And everybody's loving the Oakland Raiders. Everybody's telling me how great the Raiders are. Give me the Dolphins plus four over the Las Vegas Raiders, who are fat and happy okay. right now. Four nine four five one text fact. If you want to stay perfect with me on the season, four nine four five one text fiction. If you think I'm crazy, Dolphins plus four over the Raiders. We got some NHL hockey to talk in the next segment with Morgan Geeky, the center of the Kraken. Next on nine fifty KJR. Tune in Sunday night for Game 1 of the preseason as the Kraken take the ice for the first time ever against the Vancouver Canucks. Morgan Geeky, good strength. Back to the point now. Flurry, a tip right on, denied. Martin O'Cannon, now Geeky, he scores! Morgan Geeky, you talk about undying will. Have a day, kid. What an effort by Morgan Geeky. Have a day indeed. That was Sunday, March the 8th. 2020, Morgan Geeky's NHL debut, all he did was have two goals and insist, and then the world shut down five days later. <laughs> Unbelievable timing there, and joining us, the new center for the Seattle Kraken. On day number one of training, Morgan Geeky joins us here. How you doing, Morgan? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, that take us back to what that week was like for you. I mean, you get a life-changing day. On Sunday, March 8th, where you're in your NHL debut, you just smoke everybody. And then five days later, the world shuts down. I mean, how did that kind of affect your career path the, the ensuing 18 months? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy, obviously. Um, none of us had kind of went through anything like that before, and it's still going on. But, um, you know, at the time, I just kind of took everything in stride. And, um, you know, uh, everything seemed to work out for the best that those uh, couple weeks there. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'll always be grateful for, for that time in my life. Well, and you were a member of the Carolina Hurricanes, drafted by Ron Francis. So uh, how well did you know uh, Ron over the last a couple of years since you were, when, when you were in Carolina? Yeah, um, you know, we crossed paths a little bit. Obviously, he drafted me, so there's a little bit of history there. But, um, you know, uh, other than, you know, crossing paths in the hallway and, and you know, the uh, opening meetings of the year, uh, we didn't cross paths too much, but, you know, I've heard nothing but good things, and uh, he's a great human being, so, uh, you know, I'm glad to be on the team again. So talk to us about what today was like. I mean, uh, training camp opens, there's fans in there. I mean, what was that like to experience actually just a practice in front of folks? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, you know, we could hear them from just inside the dressing room, and, um, you know, it was it was an awesome time. That was probably the first time we've had, uh, you know, fans in general for a while. So it's good. And um, everybody knew that, that Seattle fans would bring it for sure. But, uh, you know, the intensity was definitely there. So uh, we were uh, we were just excited to get going today. Morgan Geeky joining us uh, center, 23-year-old center for uh, the Seattle Kraken as they start training camp uh, today. Give us your first impressions of uh, of Seattle. I mean, obviously, when you were with Tri-City Americans, you'd, you know, you'd go to Kent, you'd, you'd go to Everett, but, uh, you know, now you've spent some extended time here. 
Yeah, it's nice. Um, you know, it's a little different than where I grew up, but, you know, it's a good change. Um, you know, a lot more urban and uh, there's a lot more going on. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of a good thing, I think. Uh, you know, lots to do, lots lots of good food and lots of good spots to, you know, go out. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to spending a lot of time here. Not the same as uh, Strathclair, Manitoba, huh? Uh, definitely not. I would say they're uh, definitely on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Morgan Geeky joining us. Uh, how about Dave Haxtell? Uh, what have you? What did you know about Dave Haxtell, and what are your first impressions of him as coach? Uh, yeah, obviously I knew you know what he's done. You know he had a great, uh, uh, great career there in North Dakota, and then obviously, uh, obviously had great success. You know in uh, some other teams in the NHL, but. Um, you know, he's a great guy for nothing but good things as well. So I think the organization is going to Oh, we lose him? Oh, there we go. We, I think we got Morgan, you there with us? We lost you for a second. All right. Well, let's get him. We'll get him back, Jackson. Jackson's on that. But he's, I wanted to ask him, and, and when we get him back on, I want to ask him that he started his Hurricanes career at 175 pounds. I mean, think about that. 175-pound center. That is tiny. And then last year, he was up to 195. So I want to see where he's at right now and see if he's tipping it at two bills. Because, you know, the center position, I mean, those are those are usually guys that, uh, you know, they're they're in the middle of the ice. They're commanding a lot of attention. They've got to be big. they got to be tough. But, uh, you know, Morgan Geeky, the 23-year-old center. And just imagine that. Just imagine having the day of your life and then being told that you got to shut everything down. Shut everything down and not getting the opportunity to kind of capitalize on what you were able to do the week prior. All right, we got Morgan back. Morgan, you there? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I wanted to ask you, I was just talking about how you've you know grown physically because you're still a young man, 23 years of age. You started your Hurricanes career at about 175 pounds. Last year, up to 195. So where are you at right now and kind of what's your – What's your vision to, that a you know a 25, 26, 27 year old center? What weight do you want to play at? Yeah, um, I think kind of just something that you know kind of fluctuates with with everything else. Um, I'm not really looking for a specific number. I think it's it's kind of something that just comes and goes. Um, obviously, people probably fans and stuff and you know think a lot about it, but at the end of the day, it's just a number. And I know a lot of guys that play a lot heavier than uh, you know it says on the on the roster. So. Um, it's not something I'm keeping my eye on, but you know I, I feel really good right now and pretty comfortable with where I'm at. Playing in junior hockey, I mean, this is going to be cool, I would imagine, coming back to those arenas that you played when you were with the Tri-Cities Americans. I mean, you're going to play in the Chiefs arena. You're going to play in the Tips arena. You're going to play in the in the T-Birds arena. And uh, and this time they're going to be packed out with six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 fans. What's that going to be like? Uh, you know, I was saying to somebody, I'm glad they're on on my team for once, I hated going to play in, in Kent for sure. They were definitely uh, pretty rowdy, but, uh, you know, it'll be good to have them on my side for sure. Hey, before we let you go, Morgan, you know, I've spent the last, you know, basically eight, nine years kind of teaching my kids sports, right? Hockey has not been a sport I have taught them yet because we haven't had an NHL team here. They've been to a couple of T-Birds games. They've been to a couple of Silver Tips games, so they've learned a little bit about it. But I've taught them the other sports. So how would you – if you were teaching us how to sit and watch a game, because many of us in Seattle are going to be sitting and watching really a full NHL game for the first time ever, what would you tell them? What would you have them look for to kind of gain a, a better understanding of the game right off the bat? 
Um, oh, geez, that's a hard question. Um, it's a lot easier to play than it is to watch it, I'd say. But um, <laughs> probably from my end, I'd say whenever we have the puck, I don't think you've got anything to worry about. Um, and when it's in our end with our goalie, then, uh, you know, it's a little more stressful. But kind of just the one thing I'd pay attention to is where the puck is in relation to the ice. So anytime it's not in our end, that's a good thing. Beautiful. Hey, Morgan, best of luck to you. Go make that squad, and uh, we'll talk to you. And we can't wait to see you in, uh, in all these minor league venues and then hopefully at uh, Climate Pledge Arena as well. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. Morgan Geeky, center for the Seattle Kraken, talking to Ian uh, uh, before the before the show today. You know, he's talking to Morgan's got he's got a great shot. I mean, he's got a great shot to make this roster. I mean, they got to trim it down to I think it's twenty three. Uh, they got forty four in camp right now, and and he's a guy that uh, has a little bit of NHL experience. And as we mentioned with that uh, tremendous uh, game he played in back in March, I mean, he's a young guy that's got uh, a lot of potential. Three fifty four on nine fifty KJR. All right, we're gonna we're gonna break some things down. We got some more cracking talk as well some mariners talk in the four o'clock hour who's your butt at 5 15 before leading up to thursday night football between the panthers and the texans right here on 950 kjr counting you down to the first puck drop in cracking history in the slot he scores when they face off hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.